the other night when Clint and I were together, we were having this, well, we weren't having a discussion. I wanted to have a discussion. I told him, you know, I need to have a discussion or a fight with you. And I was really clear about my mood of wanting to fight. And, um, in the process of that, I, I was also thinking about this responsibility thing and how I was totally, like, emotional and saying your know, Yarm Sarkmar's name too at the same time. So it's mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm like I'm like over the cliff again, you know, like like I'm I can't help myself right now. And um, I just kept saying your know, Yarm Sarkmar's name even though I was also seeing that I was like really out there and and Clint said he was willing to have um, a discussion with me or <coughs> said you were willing to have a fight with me as long as everything that I said was responsible. And that was like, you know, stick it in my face. So, I don't know, it seemed to be, at least from Clint's perspective, a successful conversation that we had. But I don't know that I could have gone to that space without you or Sarkoma's name, either. So... Um, you know, I, I don't know how to do that internal work that we're being asked to do. I don't, I don't know that intellectually. In relation with, with um, couples or relationship within yourselves, it has to come from from the deepest love that you feel for your couple or with yourself and the single person. And you have to know that that, that love and that devotion is beyond the due pride or any other, you know, it's interesting that they're doing a volume three of the study manual, which is about this, the inner work or the energetic mm -hmm. considerations, mm -hmm. and it's exactly what you're saying for this, where we're headed next. It keeps coming to mind um, that what we've probably all heard Lee say, that the real test is not in how we treat Lee. Right. It's how we treat the people around us. Mm -hmm. And, and um, if that's the real test, then, you know, we all have something to... I don't think Lee cares how we, we treat him in a certain way, you know. What he does care about, I've seen, is, is how we treat our loved ones and how we treat you know, the people that we live with. And, and, you know, there's something, I think, for all of us to really examine in that. It's, it's mentioned many times that we have to relax a little bit and have fun at a sense of humor. You know, it's like, do your practices, but have to have time for relax and, and then use the sense of humor as a practice. Too. I don't know if that's quoted in some place like humor as a practice, but it's, it's clear that he uses it all the time. What I, what I observe is that I'm really trying to practice and practice and I'm getting Sometimes I'm getting kind of cramped and, 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 and I'm, I'm feeling very, very tired or very, um, yeah, not relaxed at all. So um, it's like um, I'm, I'm pushing myself somehow. So I'm, it's kind of similar to, to beating up myself. It's, there's not much, there's, there's really not much, much different from, from beating me up and, 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 and pushing myself in that way and and sometimes it's really really difficult really to oh, to relax in that or oh, sometimes I have the feeling I'm when I'm repeating Yogi Ramsdorf's name and, and I'm caught at the same time I'm working I'm doing something and and I'm I'm getting I'm getting in a way, I'm getting confused, so I don't know how how how, how that is for you. Sometimes uh, how, how how you organize yourself in, in when you are doing a work, on on which you have to concentrate yourself really and. And at the same time, at the same time, to, to repeat your words, Kumar's name, and to inquire, and all that, and to remember all this, and 
for me it's not it's, it's not easy it's not difficult and maybe you can give me some some input to that or Remember what, 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 are, what the idea I have is, is, is excuse me, is maybe with, with the breath also to observe how am I breathing or because when, I'm, when I'm getting tired, when I'm getting in kind of cramp, I'm, I'm not breathing, I'm not breathing relaxed. So it's, I don't know how, how you are handling that. And there are all, I think there are all levels of difficulties which go along with the practice, especially with the internal practice. I think it's, um, for me, it is um, only working with remembering Lee. If I have an inner connection to Lee, I'm yeah, much more able to practice. But otherwise, I think that must must uh, be something which which is uh, nourishing it without uh, mus uh, not, not only that you don't only muscling it you not only make it up in, out of your mind but it must come, kind of come from within from within. mentioned many times that basically relax is a method of acceptance. Accept where you are, accept where you're working, and, and, and accept what you have in your body right now. Mm-hmm. Accept it as you are right now. And start from there. And keep doing your practices. You do it like every day, just keep going. And don't, don't you know, so, so hard with yourself. And I said that you aren't working that way, you rest your life living that way, and then you start to work on that. No matter what people think or doing, or, or how many years, or doesn't matter what my thinks. So I said, what do you want to be? Come with yourself. And keep practicing. He says, you get that energy, when you don't practice, when you feel guilty, and use that energy, like an input, for the beginning, you know, keep going. That, you know, to transform that energy and energy that has given you like the force to keep practicing. Mm-hmm. Last winter we read uh, When Things Fall Apart by Pina Chono, and I think that was the book. There's so much of that book about loving kindness towards ourselves, you know, matri, developing matri, and, and that's one thing that I, I feel here is that there, we have a pretty um, majority vote, vote towards self-hatred and that we're 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 fighting it we're fighting within ourselves a lot also with with that lack of self-love I mean just I don't I don't know about you two I don't get that sense but um there's always something yeah, yeah. In this book that that you loan me Debbie is really <laughs> my bible my secret bible it's so, you know, pounded into us and the, the teaching, as far as I'm understanding it, is that like, we can't really be offering this love and kindness to others if we're not finding it inside ourselves, for ourselves, as we are. And, um, I think that that's also... When, when we're projecting out onto somebody else to go, you know, what, you know, what's going on with me and mm-hmm. my relationship to myself right now? Because yeah, when you're pointing somebody, you have to look this in the worst point, you know. Or the other, the other three, these three. <laughs> I think on a deep, on a deep level, that's exactly right. That we can't, I mean, we can only love other people to the extent that we. And at the same time, I think Lee's asking us to fake it. Mm. Yeah. And mm. and that there's a huge there's a huge value in that. Yeah. There's a book called Creating by Robert Fritz and it's really clear about not needing to love yourself before you love somebody else. Mm-hmm. But that's or just a lie. Or not having to have the inner child be Yeah. 
not having to have it all figured out before you can be of service. Right. I think it's a trap that, that we it's it's very easy to fall into. I mean, even though on a deep level, I think it is true. Mm-hmm. Like we can ex, you know like experience love, in it only once we have the capacity. But but it can go both directions. That we can create it by by being by, by serving a people. Yeah. yeah. Well, she also Pema Chon also um, talks about the Bodhisattva breath, the tongue, and practice a lot, and it's. Um, like I wonder because we, we we read every word in that book here last winter out loud, and Lee talked a lot about I think the heart read this last summer. But how often are we when we when we are seeing somebody else suffering, even if it's like their suffering is pushing our buttons, because if we really look. And see another suffering, and if we're doing this bodhisattva breath, we're also take we're also taking our own suffering in with that. And I think that's a really great practice to remember because mm-hmm. it also gives at least the space of a breath in between. Basically, we're being says always no separation. And you are you are aware that there's no separation. You're part of everything and everyone. And then when you look at somebody and you start to blame or start to feel this burning, you know, you say, well, but it's not really part of me. One day I was sitting there in the doctor hall and, and Jeff crossed with um, his little daughter. Mm-hmm. And one instant looking at my eyes, the, the, the little girl, and I saw the eyes, the, the God's eyes, you know. It was like for me, like completely transparent, that eyes to myself. And then I was almost crying because why can't I cannot see in, in that eyes that eyes in everyone, you know? And then I hear this: says, you can fake even, you know, treat well intention with other people until it becomes real. You know, it can be useful there. Mm-hmm. There, I don't. One of the things for me, Fulcrum too, that I've been working with is. The practices are really clearly spelled out. The things you have to do is about do this, do that, do that, do this, do that. And so you're doing inquiry, you're doing repeating the name of Bodhisattva Kumar, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're paying attention, you're doing remembering, you're doing all this stuff. And but what I really think is that the practice is actually about being. And if we're focused only on the doing, it will never feed us. It will never make sense. It will never complete. We'll never do it perfectly. And it's if we're only in the doing part of it, then the practice itself won't occur in our body. It only occurs in our mind. And there's a shift that can happen. So we can fool around with that. How's the shift? Well, the shift could be not so focused and centered here in mm-hmm. our mind, but actually more in being mm-hmm. who we are being, and that, that the manifestation of the being is the doing, that the being is the source of it, and that the being is what is maturing, or is, is uh, connected to the matrix, or is where the essence is. Yeah, because you can spend like this 36 hours in a day doing the practices. That's the time he put in practices a day. And it's impossible. I was laughing, somebody told me that day, and basically it's telling that people have to realize and has to, what you say, being really, really deep sense of what it is, basically, and, and then start from there. And, and uh, this is, you have your time, and it's so busy after this and that, and the office had to put God in God. We say that last thing again? You have to start. Uh, Putting God at the top of your place. Oh. Your priorities. Your priorities, God. Whatever the practice you do in the morning, or just get up and pray, or chanting, or whatever you do about God, just do it and put it in the top of your list and start your day. And sometimes you're not going to finish what you have today one day, but you try to do it. You think in God, whatever the form of God is for you.
So um, we still have a few minutes left, and I was going to bring it back around to the original opening invitation, which is how is it going, or what's really happening, or how are we being together um, as a, as kind of a beginning or a new beginning, and um, any other considerations about that. I have a couple of things I wrote down. Are you closing the meeting right now? No. I'm opening to the next consideration. Can I, can I add something to that too? That I know people have, like, um, Lee's household and other people and people here have all said, like, a lot of people have said that, that LaFerme is really turning the corner. Turning what? Turning, like, coming into a new phase. Oh, okay. really? Um, that something, there's a possibility I never of change. Heard that. Hmm? Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. come when Raul and I were. Sooner or later, came. What? Sooner or later, came the feedback or, or, or the talk or you know, somebody write a letter to Lee and you never get feedback. But sooner or later, they could can come different ways. Sooner or later. Yeah. Now you're hearing it now. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I think <laughs> I, th I think almost every person in Lee's household said that to me personally, and and um, in the context of. Trying to, try yeah. to convince her she would have a good time here. Yeah, no, I, no. Would have I don't think so. <laughs> you to That's not the way I took it. But that that <laughs> that La Ferme was was ready was really ripe for 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 a big for a big upscale. So what did they tell you that you're supposed to do with it? Well, but that's not important. <laughs> I think so. You tried to point something else. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Lee certainly gave us, you know, said a lot of things to us about what our responsibility was here. And and a lot of people did, in fact. But the thing that, that um, I just wanted to put out is that, and I, I've heard people say I, I, that you want it to be a different winter than it has been in the past. And I, I'm just interested in, like, like what are we really going to do? You know, and, and, and what is really going on and... and and how, how is it going to be a different winter? Because, I mean, with kind of the way things, the, the sense I've gotten is that, that, you know, there's a possibility right now for us to, to be going in the direction of tension or to really, with these questions, to be really upscaling. And, and um, I don't know, in this meeting right now, I'm not having a sense of, like, of, like, how, like, you know, people coming forward in that, in that kind of way to really talk, mm -hmm. to really speak about that. Well, maybe, I don't know, some of the things I wrote down here. I think that there was one communication made to uh, some of us in a very strong meeting, Debbie, that was, um, it was in a scolding way, like, you know, what, how it was languished pretty, pretty mm -hmm. scolding. <laughs> pretty much verbatim was that um, we could e either drag you and Raoul down with us or we could do something different and that um, e th there was kind of a mood put out to us that um, that we were bad mm. so you know the, the the, the fact that, you know, if, if what's being said is that we're ready to, to turn a corner, maybe that means we've done some work and we're ready to, mm -hmm. or maybe we've just suffered long enough, or too long, or, you know, but, but the way some of that communication was, was made was, was in a scolding way of, like, mm. um, And, and not that the information was wrong, it was more the tone. Yeah. It was more the tone of, of how it was coming, the circumstance, the circumstance of the meaning. But, um... That's not the tone at all that we got. Yeah, I'm, I'm sensing yeah. that from you now. That's why I'm feeling a little, much, a little more that I can, that I can just risk putting that out. Because yeah. that was kind of a, that was, that was kind of a wound all added to the mm. 
the other ones, you know, and, and I was like in the middle of the summer, I just, what, what I thought was I was just going to be asked to get out of here because I was so bad, mm. you know, and, that, and I um, think that's probably also part of the reason why you hurried like that, because I was part of that meeting and I didn't, I didn't have the experience that you already um, spoke about several times in my presence about that, that, that um, comment that well, that person somebody, made. Andrea was there, I think. Yeah, no, so it was I a pretty, yeah, it was I, a pretty I, charged up meeting, Claire. It was kind of. I funny. didn't. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I, I, I just say that I did okay. not have that same yeah. reaction like you have, and it's not the first time that you say it. So. I hear that you say it, but I just want to say that I... Yeah, I, I know you didn't have the same feeling. So, you know, I was in really a state of pretty deep turmoil and insecurity in, in the summertime. Of, um, actually, for ever since um, last February. So it was a long time thing going on for me. And there were a lot of, a lot of things that came down for me in the summer in relation... It, that, that was said by somebody in Lee's household. So um, a lot of very strong things that happened for me in relationship with his household this, this past summer. And um, that meeting was, was one of the ir irritants in that situation. About chanting? Yes. I think this is a little aside and we can get back to what you're doing. Okay. But I think one of the indicators that would be useful to observe in the way that Raul was speaking about was uh, tension itself. This, and the way Debbie mentioned tension also mm -hmm. is that if there is tension, then there is uh, ego feeding. And like that's one clue, and tension is in the body. Yeah, basically the, the exercise is about flexibility in martial art class. And I would like to bring that flexibility to our bias. Flexible. Just try it, like Arnold says. Just try it. Mm -hmm. and see what happens. It's like speaks Chinese. Just try to speak Chinese for me. Yeah. I, I don't want to put down what you say, but it's really difficult flexibility for me personally. And at the same it's time, most... there's a respect for this integrity of the space that is a big teacher itself and it's a bodily feedback also about what works in the space and what doesn't work in the space what is needed and why but um, and that can't be dropped in the name of flexibility or relaxation or fun or that kind of stuff is, a, is paying attention at the same time and it's being hmm? and it's being within yeah. yourself it's you're being, 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 being flexible, you observe it. When you, when you cannot be flexible. Okay. Um, so we only have a few minutes left. So can you finish and I will like to quote the other Okay, so I don't know. I didn't know if there's a time frame to this meeting tonight or not. So, um, Gary, part of our conversation today was about like, time out on the way, so I don't know if, like, if you want to bring that in. I, I kind of put it in my notes because I, like, I, I've investigated that for myself quite a bit. And I'm, I'm not through the tunnel of that, but um, I wanted to put some stuff out into the group that I feel. Um, has been going on for me since I lived here about that because I know before when I lived in Arizona I didn't live on the ashram except for a very short time when Clint was traveling with Lee and we were living in pretty harsh conditions so the girls and I stayed on the ashram then um, but like prior to living with the group here um, we had family vacations um, not always big deals, but we went to visit Clint's parents and went to hot springs and went camping and stuff like that. And, and since living here, we've done that as a family twice in six years. And uh, well, the girls and I went to America too to my sister's wedding, but um, 
you know, both times it was under the guise of that we had to leave the country because of our um, visa situation, which was essentially true. And the first time, for sure, we didn't know a way around it, but there's some mechanism in me that's been activated living here from my childhood and from the outside also. So it's coming from the outside, from outside influences, and it's coming from my inside, that it's not okay to do that. It's not okay to have family time. It's not okay to have a, vaca a vacation especially. Um, it's not okay to spend on money on such things. Um, and I, I think everybody else has their own stories about this stuff, so I'm just saying my story. Um, for me, I did intense therapeutic work last week, or last last week, <laughs> last year with uh, Denise Desjardins, who was uh, Arno's, she used to be Arno's wife for years and mother of their children. Um, and devotee of Swami Prajnapada, um, about what it was that was blocking me from just being more free to go away with Clint to be with him. So there was a whole like process that I went through about that that had to do with past life experience, and she's really, um, her expertise is in past life work, so I got some pieces about that, and I'm you know, I'm still in the process of putting those things in place, but um, I grew up I grew up on a farm. I grew up with a very authoritarian father. Um, I was the oldest daughter, so I had, I had two younger sisters and I had an older brother, but I was like in the position of big sister, so I was kind of a responsible one in my family in the realm of emotions and in the realm of like physical stuff a lot. So basically, I've recreated my life here. I've recreated my childhood here. And there was a mood from um, my parents, which was mostly blamed on my dad, but it was also my mom, that we didn't go places and we didn't, like, we didn't do fun things. We didn't have family vacations. We went to see my grandma once in a while. Um, any, like, sports and things like that were taboo and... Uh, um, going to a movie theater, you know, going to the movies was like not allowed. And so I ended up as a teenager sneaking around a lot to do those things. Sneaking around to have boyfriends, sneaking around to have sex, sneaking around to um, just do things that normal people have fun doing. So um, I, I was married before. I did lots of things. I did lots of traveling. I did lots of camping, lots of movies, lots of going out. With my first husband, Clint, and I have done a lot of that in our lives together. But in the years living here, like I said, like the influences from the inside, basically my father's voice saying, that's not okay, or worse. Um, and the outside influences, and being, for the most part, the only couple living here or... And, and with kids, for a lot of the time, I find that there's a lot of confusion for me around that. So um, I feel, in a big part, responsible for that mood here. So I, I really, I, I see other people's parts in it. It's easy for me to blame other people, but I also see my own rigidity around it, my... Um, my difficulty in doing that my, myself um, with certain things. You know, if, it, if it's a class, it's a different thing for me than just, you know, because it's like, it's practice or it's it's learning something. But just like the, the relaxation is, um, you know, when I go upstairs in the afternoon to lay down for half an hour, I really have to do like a battle with myself to make that be okay. It's, it's getting easier, but that's that's part of the thing. Like, okay, so anyway, you kind of get the picture of that. Um, another element for myself that goes on with that is um, 
hate to like say this out loud, but I'm just fucking pissed off with Lee about this particular element. And it, it's like, it kind of, you know, I really like want to find my place of responsibility in this in this situation. But when we, um, the first year that we were here, we had um, we had like this incredibly hot summer with all these people showing up here, this place being like the bare minimum of what we needed to take care of people. And we basically had no money. So we had to like feed 40 people every day all of a sudden. So there was an incredible amount of survival going on from our end, of us living here, from the end of Americans coming over here. Had heard all this stuff, especially from Lee's family, about this Black Sarah statue down south, and what an empowered place it was. And Lee spoke about this place too. So I came up with this great thing for us women. It was Arun. I wasn't there. You weren't here then. Oh, no. You went up to Germany. I was was in Germany. Anya, yeah. Andrea, yeah. Helma, and myself. So we, Susanna, we were going to take a trip to the Black Sarah and thought that this would be a great like bonding experience and a fun trip for us. And Thomas and Hel uh, Thomas and Clint were gonna be here, who are like these like two like big Florida men. And um, we're going about planning and getting ready to go and, and I you know, I just thought, gosh, we should let Lee know that we're doing this. And I got this like big fax back from him. I'm sure I still have it. Um, go ahead and abandon the ashram if you want to. And it was just like, and um, there was discussion that went on amongst us women about what that meant. And I even called him, I called him at the ashram, I called him at Mudra, I kept missing him, I kept calling him to talk with him, and when I finally got him on the phone, he just yelled the same thing. Go ahead and abandon the ashram if you want to. And so um, we all ended up staying here, and we actually had a wonderful time here. But there was this kind of thing left. And, and he had given, in Darshan, he had said something that came back to me, I think in a letter from Regina, of how he um, well, I, I asked him to tell him we weren't going. And he really acknowledged this, like, as, like, we got it. So, in our, like, immature ways that our minds are, I think, I think for all of us women here, that kind of set a mood of, if we leave, we're abandoning the ashram. And I think we didn't get over that. Yeah. And for me, it's like, It's kind of like not have gotten the essential communication from him. Like we, you know, there were there were two communications. One was about abandoning the ashram, and then was it, you know the other communication about not going was actually specifically for me because what happened for me was I got that fax just before meditation in the morning because of the time difference, and I, when I sat down for meditation, we were still in the barn then. I felt like I was in a Zen school and I just got whacked with the stick, you know, just changed my posture. It was like, oh yeah, of course we shouldn't go, you know, and it was clear to me then what he was asking. And then it, it got into the whole realm of discussion. There was argumentation with me and then, you know, that, okay, you know, this, we shouldn't do this now. And then, well, then you should call him. So then I'm chasing him around on the phone and I got that message from him again. And, and I think that I didn't, I didn't like come out of that in some way. And I don't, I don't think the rest of us did either here. I was was addressing this question, mm -hmm. but I don't really remember what he said. Well, how many had Rose this Rose year, this summer? He, she said something. Of, or she, she, she actually she said it to me uh, also uh, that. That, that, that it was a time when the ashram really was a baby, yeah. and now the ashram is yeah. grown up, and if it if it's still the same 
um, yeah, need that we we stay stay right. here. And I don't remember what you said. said in the beginning. Also, you said that you yeah. have to go. Yeah. So so the needs of the ashram have changed. Yeah. And so it was indeed at that time that he really wanted us, even physically, like focused here. And um, so I I feel like like we kind of have to get on the boat and go over that wave mm-hmm. together. And um, there were two other things that happened for me personally this summer. One was I had a, a private meeting with Lee with a lot of just personal issues and ashram issues. And I talked with him about this thing about going away with Clint because um, that was one of my exercises given by Denise was that we had a month away every, a weekend away every month, a month away every month. And, um, <laughs> and Lee was like supporting that with me and supporting me in carrying through with what she told me to do. I mean, I went there to work with her and this is what she said to do. And and when I like tried to reconfirm that with him this summer, like just, okay, I'm checking in with you about this. Is this still appropriate? Because I'm like still battling inside myself about it. And he said, oh yeah, you and Clint should um, go away for, for some weekends and do seminars. So to me, that's really different. So that's really different than having a date with Clint. Absolutely. So I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with my emotional body relationship to the Guru around those issues. And Mirabai had said to me one day, she said, "You should really be going to the swimming pool." And some years ago, I, because of the contamination issue and all the discussion in the school. Um, Lee had started like pushing me into fencing and then into Aikido, so that started to replace my. You know, I was a swimming teacher and a scuba diving teacher, and I was like lived in a in a pool a lot. And um, Mirabai said to me, "You should really be going swimming. You shouldn't worry about the gas money. You shouldn't worry about the time. You should really be going to the pool." And on on my um, list that I went over with Clint or with Lee, he was um, yeah, he crossed that off. Crossed off the French class, crossed off swimming. Um, so, you know, there's a way that there's messages coming from the outside and the way he's kind of adjusting them in a certain way that I'm not really... It, it's a little bit of a groundlessness area for me. So, But I still think as a group, it's time to like start sailing here with, with that issue in particular. Sailing? And, yeah, like, you know... Like you put up the sail and the wind comes and you get to cruise instead of being stuck in the doldrum. The doldrums is when you're out, you have a sailboat, you're in the middle of the ocean, yeah. there's no wind. And you're just sitting there going nowhere. Yeah. I don't mean going, yeah, I didn't mean that as a pun. So that's something for me that, um, You know, I don't want to be laying that trip on myself or other people. And the confusion that I have, I guess, you know, that's just going to clear up for me in relationship with Lee as time goes on. I mean, it's not the first time I've had a disagreement with him. And my experience, my experience in disagreeing with him is if I try it out, and if I give it time, I see his wisdom always done. So that's one of the things on my list. Um, Shall I just go down the list and then people want to talk about sure. it? Or? Um. So the next thing is that um, we've talked about this in couples group, but not as a, as a big group here. Um. It feels like it's really time for men's culture to, like, take root and be consistent and blossom here as as also support for the women's culture. Um, I feel like that's been staggered and not very steady. And I, I think that that's one thing going on here, too, that kind of... And I, I don't want to detail that, but 
I see how difficult it is for us women, like today, you know, we spend a lot of time just trying to come up with a time to meet. I see how we've, you know, we have our disagreements. I see how we've also grown together. And I, I feel like it's been hard work and good work and that there's a commitment to it. And I personally would like to see the same commitment happening in men's culture. And, I, you know, I think it, it, it's really going to need some attention on it. And I don't think that it's the place for us women to harp about it, though I'm going to take the Because men are different than us, so they have a different way of going about that, too. So perhaps there is men's culture here. I'm just out of touch with it. I mean, there is men's culture here, but I I, I think more contact. And I, and I also, just in relationship to Amethyst and Aurora, I think that that will also feed them. Not necessarily the men doing things with the kids, but the men having men's culture. Yeah, we men. Can, we have an example of like, um, doing doing uh, crusade, huh? Uh, men's culture have to do work together in order to have relationship and feedback within the working, mm-hmm. like as a woman has, you know, to become a little bit like a woman. And the way the women's culture, they have, they have to have work work and um, not only the source person doing one thing, another woman doing something else. They have to roll. The, the 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 assignments in order to have a relationship with another part of the other woman's group, <laughs> one particular woman. The, the jobs to overlap a little bit. You mean? No, with the with the relationship with others. How can I serve others? How can I work with others? The mm-hmm. same with men. Mm-hmm. Men, we can work in one place and then you know they work with another man or treat doing something. So having work projects together. Work projects together as a woman has to you know some days you work with. Uh, Clara, someday to work with Debbie, and then you start to roll the, the you know, the jobs, and you know, that you have relationship with everyone, and not only have separate assignments, yeah. because even women's culture is strong, it's still is separate. Yeah, it's very, very separate. And it means the same. Yeah. Well, that's my thing. Yeah, we get stuck in our own little corners. Yeah, very, very, very Should I keep going? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, you know, these things are just coming off the top of my mind. One thing that I, I've heard sometimes in women's groups here is, I just don't like you. And that always strikes me so deeply that that we strike out that way. Um, and another thing that I hear is, um, well, I can have a relationship with you, but I don't really have a relationship with them or the others, you know, or this person. I was wanting to invite us to stop having that kind of languaging go on. Um, because it just reinforces the uh, lack of kindness and the separation. And the other thing that goes along with that is, is the triangulating. And for me, that's um, that's like a constant source of work for me. Mm-hmm. The experiment. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. The experiment is that to be flexible. We try to do it different way. And see what happened. Um, I put on here, Lee said, which I came up this summer too, I think even by him, you know, that we should really question ourselves when we're coming out with a Lee said. And I was, I, I think that, um, and I'm, you know, this is, some of this is kind of long term stuff going on or not just. I'm not just pointing my finger at other people, it's, it's me also. Um, but I think it's, we have to be really careful when we're coming out with the least said what our motivation is. 
put new people on the list, which happens to be YouTube right now. But we often, what I've seen as a group dynamic, is we put the new people up on the pedestal, and anybody on the pedestal is bound to fall off at one time, and then the, you know, there's this like up and down, this big extreme that happens, or the new people are the ones we run to with all our problems, or to get them on our side for about the others. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, just a caution about that. It, it, is this like foreign language to people that I'm speaking, or do people know? Yeah. People know what I'm talking about. Um, I put a note on here about context um, because I think sometimes we we start having difficulties about this word context somebody says well you have the wrong context and um you know we'll say that worst weapon here for the community you know about the context this is really one of the worst weapons (laughs) well you can't do anything about that when somebody says that to you you're out of context well i think you know that what why i put that on there is because it's a little bit muddy because um, like part of what I think my job is is to deliver some context whatever like to the best of my ability and, and actually everybody's responsible for that all of us here are in the school long enough or have enough experience in, in our life and pr- as, a pra- as practitioners that we, we, we can start feeling what context is and sometimes like context is it's really hard to put your finger right on what that is, yet it's crystal clear at the same time. So, you know, there's a way that that we really react when somebody says we're out of context, and there's also a way that it's used as a, a weapon, in a way. It's kind of a strong word, but... Um, I... Like for me personally, I've given lots and lots and lots of teaching meetings and lots of, I've put out a lot of stuff about protocol and again, you know, it's all from my own opinion and understanding and experience. But I don't really, um, don't really know how it is to exactly be communicating context and yet at the same time I can I can often feel when I'm coming from a wrong context, and I can often see, or at least I'm making that judgment, when somebody's out of context. And um, that's just kind of a big, like this big area, mm-hmm. context. And there's not a lot that I really have to say about it. I just put it down here on my notes because I think it's it's kind of a button pusher here. And, okay, so so this last thing I have written here is um, one of my own like personal dynamics that goes on, and it's that um, when I get scared, I start getting more harsh on people, or I already have a lot of experience with me with this. I mean, you've been able to describe it to me really well in women's groups, so I... Mm-hmm. Um, there's a way where I kind of landed in this certain position of authority here and yet I lack a certain um, emotional maturity so it's like there's this there's this face that comes on me and there's this voice that comes out like this demon rising up when I feel that authority threatened also and Really, I mean, the whole like authority thing is kind of way out of line anyway, but um, what I feel is that that makes tensions even worse when somebody is like, when, when there's something that I need to communicate to somebody, but I'm scared to do it, so I come in this kind of fierce mood because I'm trying to mask my fear 
and then somebody challenges me or doesn't just agree with me right away, then I get like even more like that. And for me, I feel like that's created a certain mood here. And um, that if I would just rest in like what I know to be true and what, you know, to the best of my ability, feel how things should be run or adjustments that need to be made and have conversations with people that that energetic wouldn't be so strong. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. I think that, I mean that that's human nature and, and, and everyone has the same. Well, exactly the what same, you just described. Exactly what you described the same process for everyone. And we have to be able to be kind and we sit that into the person and we don't act in that way. We should, you know, practice in that moment. We should sacrifice our own, you know, willing to challenge the other person not to, you know, step on that person when the person is fragile. It's just for me, really, painful when that's going on for me because it's, that's not, that's not the optimal way to serve me. And, I mean, I like I suffer from that too. I watch other people suffer, and I suffer myself from that. And like one time, uh, I think it was the first first summer. Colette, I think it was the first summer, maybe the second. Colette was here, and I have a pretty strong relationship with her, and and a lot of regard for her feedback to me, and we were in a women's group, and I, you know, it's like, it's kind of one of those situations, the guru's out of the room, so I'm going to act however I want, I mean, you know, it's a pretty gross level description, but, and I just jumped on somebody in that women's group, and, you know, Colette said to me that, like, I need to know that, that whatever's, like, coming out of me because of the like the place I'm, I'm standing in here, and that people have a certain regard for my feedback, so whatever's coming out is going to be like, I don't know, she said 10 times or 100 times. Mm -hmm. you, you were there. I probably gave, even gave the feedback to you. I mean, I don't, I, that I don't remember. Anymore. But it was like, um, you know, that, that I really need to, to know that and check that before this stuff's coming out, that, that people are going to hear that in a much bigger way, and yeah. it's going to affect people in a, in a bigger way. And, um, I don't have a very big handle on that yet. So that's that's all I have on my list, but that's like those are some things that I just, off the top of my head tonight before the talk, you know, energetically with stuff that goes on here that I could think of right away with myself and as a group besides the things we spoke about already. And I, re I really love to be here, but a lot of times I'm really scared, too. Last winter I really thought I couldn't do it anymore. And, you know, they just kick me in the ass until we get back there and do your work, so... It's where my work is. He also said to me, um, when we were at Oakville this year, I was running single, and he told me that, it, you know, I don't, I don't need to be such a warrior. That you know, like the rigid thing about practice and rigid thing. About you it. don't need to be such a yeah, warrior. Yeah, he told me to mush out. Yeah. <laughs> so. You know, that's part of why there's shit laying all over my desk and it's not done. And, you know, I'm not staying up all night. It's like part of that. I'm just saying, okay, what does mush out mean? It's like, just chill out a little bit, relax. It's a strange that he keeps, he sends a message, we should do seminars with Clint or not. <laughs> we'll do seminars about mush. 
We have a summer coming in January. It's like, it's rolling, you know, it's being enrolled. It's, mm. And I think just like when he gives us an instruction like that, even if we disagree, if we try it, I found this really, for me, really revealing with child stuff because I had some disagreements with him. And I even told him one day, you know, I, I was crying when I said it. I said, you know, I, I don't like it. I feel this, but I just, I hate you. It was around this kind of thing going on where I didn't agree with what he was telling me to do with the kids, and I just, you know, I was just sitting out there in the orchard with him crying, and that, you know, I was okay, you know, I'm gonna like try it, and like the results were so clear, mm -hmm. and you know, it was like he's right, and so we go do our seminar, you know, maybe it'll be the greatest like. I mean, we've done some things out there already together. You know, maybe we'll find that that's so enlightening for us, and that there is space in in the course of being out there doing a seminar too. You know, and it's great challenge at the same time work together. It's a problem. Yeah, yeah. Just getting so relaxed about it. That yeah. It's just your holiday. And I, you know, I don't think, I, I think, you know, my ears were hearing, you know, just to do that. I don't, I don't think he was really saying, you know, don't have a date and don't. Okay. I, well, yes, I do think that, but I'm questioning my thinking. Mm. That's all. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's worth considering, too, that <clears throat> I mean, a guru has been known to tell us what, you know, to reflect back to us what our own state of mind is. You mean about how we hear? Well, we just hear. to, um, Lee said <laughs> that, that the Guru gives us what we want until we're willing to take what he has to give. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I have to consider that every time he says anything to me, mm -hmm. yeah. to really question, you know, how have I provoked this? Mm -hmm. How have I gotten this answer from him? How is it what I want or what I don't want? And I mean, I, I just think it's I I feel a responsibility to to um, to really take every answer that he gives me and 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 put myself into real relationship with it. You know, because there's no I wish there were an easy formula, you know, but there's not. And, it's kind of like practice, you know, the practices aren't necessarily designed to be easy. They're mm -hmm. designed to work, you know, like, yeah. to work with it. So his answers are kind of like that, too. Like, yeah. Oh. I mean, we can't just do it because Lee says to do it that way, you know? It's like we have to find a real relationship to it. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I think, that, or I saw, I had said to myself, when he overloaded you so much with work, and he gives you something more and more and more. And that it is to uh, to push you on, on the edge, that you just see how how you you are working yourself. You mean just like the machine yeah, keeps yeah, going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like what I was saying to, 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 to today. That it becomes really evident. He feeds Maybe, it. Yeah, he feeds, he feeds the machine. It. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. He does. I mean, until yeah. he gives us enough rope to hang ourselves. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because we have to be careful, right? We're asking for, even in our mind or in our heart. Yeah. I've noticed my life and we're receiving everything that I've been asking for, even bad things. Well, he um, he had me write down, I mean, he, he asked me to do that, to write down all my responsibilities, and he prioritized them. So, you know, I have what's high, medium, and low yeah. also. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that list is for me to really like align, align those things too. Yeah, that reminds me mention that there are so many places that um, needs to be a saint to be in winter in the Lafarne, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He said sense? you had to be a saint to spend the winter at the Okay, yeah. that reminds me that for me a saint is somebody is really close to, to God and makes sacrifice. <laughs> That's why I relate that, that uh, quote. And you want something with him, yeah. To the sacrifice, and whatever is hard for you, that's what he wants from you. The, the hardest part of it's take, you know, apart from you, that's what he wants and from you. And as as we many of us have discussed, that that 
as we've heard them say, and as we know to be true, that, that, like, take anything, but don't take my self-hatred, you know, like, that's, I think for a lot of people, that's the biggest sacrifice. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it is for me. Yeah, to really give up, like, what our ego clings to, and then... We say, I want, I want... Take my car, take my money, but don't take... My pride. Yeah. We say, I want, I want, but when do you want to give something? Yeah. You know, at least give a little something every day. Like, smile to the person you've been pissed off yesterday. You know, say, I'm sorry, or, or anything, you know, just change the, the, the patterns you have every day. Just try. The what? Patterns. Okay. Or, Whitley will say, um, uh, manifestations. Negative and positive manifestations. So that's all on my list, if other people have items or things they've seen or right. anything else? Well then, let's end for the night. Chai Guru. Chai Guru. Chai Guru.